Welcome to Conscious Revolution. So I'm sitting here thinking, did we record healing or energy last week? I'm confused. What was your theory on this? Thinking we were energy. This week we're going to talk healing. Everybody put your hands in the air. We are going to talk healing. Now, okay. You said something very vital to me not too long ago that you can talk about healing, but you can't talk about the cure. Tell me what you meant by that, D. Because you're never done healing. And people want to put band-aids on stuff and put it away. Denied. And all that good stuff. But at the end of the day... Hey, what happened? I had a great teacher once tell me, he said, here's what you do. And he gave me this great list of things. And I was like, well, I thought I was done with all this. And he laughed and he's like, you're never done. You're always working through your stuff to get to that place of healing. Yes! Yeah, there is no quick fix. I think when you and I brought this up several weeks back, so many people kind of get in trouble. Not kind of, they do get in trouble for saying, here's the cure, right? Right. Because let's face it, if you say you've got the cure for anything, well, the one person who dies from it or the one person who doesn't heal from it, well, then you just, you said you had the cure. You put it in writing, you put it verbally, and it's falsified. So I think in anybody's work of therapeutic work of any kind, no one can legally say there's a cure. And I completely can understand that. But healing. Healing is a different, it's just a whole different type of uh, guidance. And uh, I love how you said you're never done. Because we always are healing. Yes! Now, here's the question I got for you. What heals, D? What heals? Well, I think there's a lot of different modalities that can heal, but really, ultimately, healing starts within. Yes! You know, you have to start uncovering your your baggage that you've buried for years, you know, and really start examining why it is you don't want to look at it. And really, let's face it, that There's no two ways around it. Nine times out of ten, we just don't want to deal. Get over here! And we bury, 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 and one day it hits you like a ton of bricks. And you're forced to go through this process of kind of uncovering all that junk. Say what? So here's my... My question to the cynics that are probably listening to this. I got a bad feeling about this. Where do you bury it? Where do you bury bury the stuff that you don't deal with and confront? You put that way, way somewhere in your subconscious mind. So that you don't have to access it. And then we live like happy little robots in our egos. Kind of cruising through life, but it's always there. And it always rears its ugly head, regardless of how happy you make yourself on the outside. <laughs> it's it's there. 
And if you don't deal with it, it comes out with a vengeance. You know, I've gotten really good, and I know you are too, at when I start talking to people. And, you know, I listen with my eyes and my ears. So when I talk to them, I can read right through the bullshit. Like, yep, nope. You're, you are totally faking it. You're faking it till you not make it. And what I do is I look people right in the eye as they're talking to me and say, you know, you've got a story to tell and I want to hear it. And nine times out of 10, maybe 10 times out of 10, they get teary eyed because they know that I can see through not only their BS, but I can see who they are, like the soul, their connection, their energy what's making them them but they're just like you described they're burying this at at a subconscious level oh yes and it's it's now projecting out even though they don't know it and let's talk about the ways that that it comes out because i i think that's really important because you'll be doing all these habits or just acting completely a fool oh my god and nine times out of ten it's your stuff it's your stuff wanting to come out but you just keep putting on the pretty pretty band-aids to to make it go away and here it comes again (laughs) (laughs) eureka whatever you say um you know the habit is is autonomic right so we do things habitually because that's what we were conditioned to do. Aww. When you when you think about, you know, how you even get up out of your bed in the morning, <laughs> you do it through a habit, you know, until you age and your back starts hurting or your knees hurt and then you got to get out of bed a different way. <laughs> it's comical because if you look at everything you do, you walk into the kitchen the same way. You do your laundry the same way for those of you who actually do laundry. I put put my hand in the air. I actually do our laundry, but if if you you look at everything you do, it's habitual because autonomically, the body is dominating the mind at this point because your body's been conditioned so much by your mind, you are now doing something without thinking about it, right? Absolutely. So, so the habit then you have to create a new way of thinking, a new mind in order to break the habit. Let's talk about how easy that is. (laughs) Well, I mean, Shazam, right? (laughs) How many times have you seen these people up on the the stage? Well, I'm not going to. Hey, what happened? Well, we're not going to name any names because I don't need any bad, bad vibes here. Monster kill. But, you know, they they walk up to people and they put their hands on them and all of a sudden they're doing the shake and... Oh my God, I can do, you know, this. Everybody put your hands in the air. Yeah, it, 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 it's, I'm sorry. I'm here to tell you. If you're going to go to the deep level structure and take care of what you need to do, confront the stuff that you have not been confronting, somebody putting a hand on their your, your forehead ain't going gonna, ain't gonna to cut it. No snakes here. Aww. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take away other people's <laughs> mojos. But, but, you know, again, we talk about 
the hypnosis thing. And hypnosis is a powerful tool. I'm not going to sit here and make light of hypnosis. I, I mean, Milton Erickson, arguably one of the most influential people in my life that I was able to read about his work, study him at length. He was a psychiatrist, an MD, who used hypnosis at a very powerful level. And he did it through metaphors and teaching. And, you know, the people didn't realize when he was giving hip, hypnotic metaphors and, and translational narrative in his hypnosis, these people were their own characters in the story and they didn't realize it. So he was helping them guide through the answers through these therapeutic metaphors. And, you know, I, I so I'm not going to make light of hypnosis, but the reason I took it away from my work is because too many people tried to say, fix me. Ten, nine, eight, seven. And I'm like, no, that's, that's, we're not doing that. You have to do the work. You've got to deep dive. You've got to go to the core if you really want to heal yourself. Yes! Well, I think it's interesting that you bring that up too, because I know we've talked about this in our former podcasts about some of the work that I do. And it's the same thing. Everybody wants this quick fix. Come fix me. Answer my questions. And I'll contact you next week and you can answer some more of the same questions. And there's no healing in it. You're in this habitual cycle of fix me, fix me, fix me, because I don't want to look at it. I don't want to go there. And one of the first things I do is I don't sugarcoat when I give my answers. So whatever comes through, whether it be through a reading or through the masters, and the masters don't allow you to, to play games. One of the first things I do is I give them exactly the truth. Now, that either brings them closer to me or I never hear from them again because they don't want to have to go there. Mm -hmm. But that's that's the key. You have to go there. Yes! Yeah. And, and if you're willing to hear the truth, if you're right. willing to to listen to what the truth has to tell you, um, and it's there, but let's make no mistake. I mean, I love how you said you don't sugarcoat anything. I don't even know if you know what sugar is. Oh, my God! Um, <laughs> Man, you probably give a big bottle of Tabasco when you're when you're given your truth, or That's whatever. About right. Whatever will burn your throat and your eyes. But what I will say is that you've got to you've got to confront it, man. You've got to confront what is blocking you, what is weighting you down, what is what is your proverbial baggage. That's the only way to deal. You got to listen to the truth. You got to hear the truth. You know the truth will hurt, but lies will 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 force you into a life that is just it's a deviator. I mean, it's it, it's taking you down a path you you know you don't belong because you don't want to confront the truth. Well, and that's where people get stuck because they end up taking themselves on this journey of lies and deception because it feels better than actually dealing with the real deal and. That's where we can get caught up in this, again, that cycle of everything's okay, I'm fine, it's wonderful, look at me, I just got this new shirt, N nobody cares. Say what? Because you're a hot mess. Yes! And you know you're a hot mess. Yes! So you can buy all the shirts you want, but you're still covering up crap. Yes! 
Ain't that the truth, though? How many times do people go to the mall to buy crap? Well, yes! not through COVID, but, you know, would go to the mall to buy a new shirt, to buy new pants, to buy new shoes, whatever. And it's like, okay, band-aid bleeding artery, right? You're, you're, you're literally just feeling good for a moment. And then, you know, a day goes by and you're sitting there going, no! I still haven't dealt with what I need to deal with. Like the, the, you can paint the face all you want, but the house still needs remodeling. Right. Look, here, here's the deal. Take a look and I'm not going to point anybody in particular out, but take a look at our celebrities. Now you see them 10 years ago, cute, you know, and they may or may not be young. 10 years later, they've had so much work done and they're continuing to do it that you don't even recognize them anymore. And they're so caught up in this, I have to be X. And the truth of the matter is, is they don't like what's inside. So they're trying to cover it up with all of this other nonsense. Very accurate. And, you know, I haven't had plastic surgery done yet. I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of look myself in the mirror and think I look pretty good. Aww. Anyway, moving on. Yes! Yeah. Um. yeah make it. <laughs> right. If you get plastic surgery, I'm going to get it. Denied. Okay. I got news for you. I ain't getting plastic surgery. I, not even close. All right. So, you know, one of the things that I have taken a passion to when it comes to healing is the placebo effect. Yes! Say what? You know, you can Google this, you can go to dictionary.com, whatever, dictionary, and um, you can get the wise words of other people, and they'll tell you that basically the placebo effect is based on a study that pharmaceutical drugs have to outperform a sugar pill to be effective. Now, again, I'm not going to get involved in any kind of what's good or what's bad. I have no basis for any of that. I'm not a, a um, anybody who can prescribe or not prescribe medicine. But if you go and look in, in any store in America where they sell any kind of over-the-count of prescriptions, on the back, it has to perform a certain percentage better than a sugar pill. Oh my God! Meaning if they give you a sugar pill versus this, if it doesn't outperform the sugar pill, then they can't sell it. Okay. Done. That's what the placebo effect is. Basically, they're giving you a sugar pill to see if you get better. But but here's what people don't understand. And 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 Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I've read a couple of his books and, and watched a lot of his work, and I respect immensely because he brings science and spirituality together. What he talks about is you are the placebo. And that really made me light up inside. Because what he's saying is you're given too much credit to any pill in general. You are the reason you get better. So you being the placebo, and this is where, if you think about it, the pharmaceutical industries, just think about how much more effective medicine could be, traditional medicine could be, if people realize they are the placebo. They are the ones that can integrate with this medicine to get better. To infinity and beyond. Give me your thoughts, Dee. Well, I think there's a lot behind the fact that your brain is actually the catalyst to make you get better with 
any illness, whether it's mental, physical, pain, um, you have to start with your own mindset. I mean, there's people who never touch a pill because they're like, no, no, I don't want, I don't want to take that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get better on my own. And they do. And it's all a matter of mindset and getting yourself to that place of, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with, without it. I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do me. And I happen to do Reiki. I'm a Reiki master teacher. Really, it's not a cure, but it works with the mind. It works with the body. It works with the energy centers and it helps the client to be able to tune into their own ability to heal. And notice I said heal, not cure. Yep. Yep. I heard that. Bingo. Yahtzee, our survey says. Um, Ding, 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 ding. So, so you, you we're going to do a session probably um, if we can remember which podcast we did next week. Well, you, don't gonna, expect that from me. <laughs> I know, uh, same I'm but we're going to do a lot more information on Reiki. But one thing, you know, you've you've done Reiki on me before, and yes, what's beautiful and majestic and just so inspiring about it is it shows you like a horse. I'm What's that? Majestic. Majestic. Yeah. <laughs> majestic. Like I was a horse. Listen, I don't immediately look- saw horse in my head. Ma- majestic. Go ahead. Don't Sorry. make me fall off my unicorn while I'm talking to you. <laughs> right? Okay. So what I get inspired about Reiki is literally when you're moving the energy, it just tells you when something's either off or where there's major shift in energy on your body. And I was like, okay, you'll never hear me say I was blown away. Because, I mean, you know, we can talk about some really good stuff and inspiring things, and we probably will in this podcast. But but my point being is I was really inspired to see how fantastic Reiki works. And we talk about the placebo. Right. So tell me a little more about this placebo effect. Tell you a little bit more about placebo. Yeah. Give, give us give us a little more on the cliff note version. All right, I, I've studied a lot of, with beliefs, and again, we're going to do a podcast on beliefs because there's just way too much to talk about in in the time we cliff note yeah. cliff, cliff note. Easy. I don't even know cliff. No. Um, <laughs> so the placebo effect really is what got me inspired and driven to study people's beliefs. And I remember I studied, um, there was this one example. Sorry. So long story short, this one patient had a personality, a double personality disorder. Okay. That's what it was labeled. And in one personality, he was diabetic and insulin dependent. In the other personality, there are no diabetes, no insulin dependence. Ta-da! You can't fake that. That's amazing. That's right. really cool, actually. Now, how? I can't tell you. And I'm not going to recommend anybody stop taking any medicine for any reason. But my point being is, when I studied that, when I read that, that's not something you can fake. That's a transformation in character, personality, attitude, and belief. Ta-da! 100%. And so if I, your cliff note version that you've asked for three times now is really simple. Your identity, who you are, what you are here for, 
what you are about, what you believe in, has a major impact on anything you take or do, period. Oh, yes. Thank you. That was beautiful. Yes! Thank you. And short. Paired up a little bit, patted my unicorn. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What's your definition? Let me hear you. Yes! Cliff. Wow. <sighs> Putting me on the spot for something I don't know anything about. Okay, then. We'll accept your answer. <laughs> Let me read you a quote from Dr. Joe Dispenza. Happy birthday! Yeah, maybe like I can now. jump in after that. Go ahead, give it to me. But I love this quote, and I've put it on my phone. My definition of genius, then, is to be uncomfortable and to be okay with being uncomfortable. How many times in history have admirable individuals who have struggled against outdated beliefs, living outside of their comfort zones, been considered heretics, fools, and only to later emerge as geniuses, saints, or masters? Ooh. In time, they become supernatural. How do you become supernatural? We have to begin to do what's unnatural. That is to give in the midst of crisis when everyone is feeling lack and poverty, to love when everybody is angry and judging others, to demonstrate courage and peace when everyone else is in fear, to show kindness when others are displaying hostility and aggression, to surrender to possibility when the rest of the world is aggressively pushing to be first, trying to control outcome, and fiercely competing in an endless drive to get to the top, to knowingly smile in the face of adversity, and most important, by your being supernatural, you give others permission to do the same. Dr. Joe Dispenza, you are the placebo. Well, let me just say, then I need to be put into Mensa because I am a genius. Yes! I am absolutely a genius. Prove it. (laughs) Just by that definition alone, I've never fit in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought outside the box. And all of these things... But I'm not quite there yet. I'm not trying to say that I'm better than anyone else. But boy, oh boy, that really hit home. Yes! Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like I said, I the minute I read, when I read his book, and I've read it, you know, I highlighted it and read it a couple of times. But when I, I, I literally stamped that quote in my phone. That was years ago because I read that a couple of years back. And it's so, that's why I love that book is, you know, and that's why I love the idea that you are the placebo. You are the one that works regardless of the medication. I mean, I've always said I've been the best patient because when I do see my doctor and I have something. Well, I think it goes back to what we brought up at the beginning of the the podcast. It starts with you. It ends with you. It's you. Everybody put your hands in the air. Mm-hmm. So deal with you. And that's where the healing takes place. You don't have to look outside yourself to find healing. You can use modalities to help you along on your path, but at the end of the day, it's you. Yes! Right. Well, because techniques eventually subside. No! A technique is a tool. And if you take a saw and you use a saw every day, all day, the saw goes dull. And then you have to sharpen it. Well, guess what? So many times you sharpen it, it's going to go bye-bye. It's just going to break. So eventually the tool, the techniques break down, but people don't people work. If you go to that core, you go to your energy, you go to your soul, you go to where others won't. 
then you get your answers and that's what works. And that's where the genius comes in. Yes. Amen. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I'm a sharing type of person. Did you have to get off the unicorn for that one or? No, no, no. Did you write it while you told us? I'm hopping back on the unicorn because you know, well, as I do, I'm just, you know, I'm an outside the boxer thinking. Anywho. Well, you know, we do have, we, we, we've got to answer the question we got. And this comes from, well, the person again would like to remain not anonymous, uh, but it's entitled Easter Funny. And since we are one week away from the resurrection, um, notice how I said the res- resurrection there. Didn't you say, did. the, I didn't say the crucifixion. The crucifixion There's a reason for that. Absolutely. Um, here's another a, podcast. Yes, absolutely. Here's a great question for the Easter time. How would the Last Supper have been had it been on a Zoom call? Ta-da. Hey, what happened? <laughs> oh my goodness, that's fantastic! Isn't it though? I mean, because think about it. Well, let's let let's be clear. I'm not making fun of Jesus. I'm not making no, fun of this. Is not blasphemy. This is not blasphemy. This is just you know we entertain questions and we answer them. Um, you know, think about it. If it was a Zoom call, would people, would they had signal? Would they, you know, had to, you know, gear up and look a little bit better? Um, you know, what would have happened would if it was Would you be dressed call? from the waist down? Nope. Did yeah. they dress from the waist down? Nope. We don't know. We only we saw the know. picture at the table. I mean, we don't Absolutely. know what they were doing. Nope. How do you share the wine and the bread? The yeah. blood and the body. Please leave a message after the tone. Yeah. I, do you do it via Zoom? Do you wave? Do you give a little wave on <laughs> on Zoom? Hey, I'm taking that wine. Right. And, what, and and would Jesus have had anybody at a table with him? Would he just have been, you know, at a desk breaking bread, sharing wine? Would he have headphones on, do you think? think anymore it's very it's very possible you don't want that feedback you got an awful lot of people on that zoom how many apostles were there i think facebook said there were nine and a half well i i gotta tell you this is a humdinger of a question and and again i i want to thank um it says easter funny um is the sender of the the question. And, you know, I want to thank that individual. Yes! You know, I, I guess to, to answer that as we go back to perception, right? We go back to perspective. Back in, you know, whatever date it was, BC, at those times and conditions, I'm sure that the artist had an idea of what, because I have to imagine the artist wasn't there for the Last Supper. Facebook said he was. Nope. And um, he or she had a vision of what it would look like and painted it all up. In reality, it probably or could have been much different than what we're seeing in the paintings. I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to say that artist might have been there, just inhabiting a different body. Um, Facebook said. Oh. Ooh, okay, I like your challenge. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the challenge. See, All I'm right. feeling that he was there. You feeling and there? I'd like to tune into the masters for that one. Okay, tune into the masters and give me a give me a go no go for launch here. Cuz I'd like to know that answer. But while you're doing that, what I'm going to say is it's perspective. It's perception, it's 
how our we view the world that creates our reality. And, you know, we laugh about it, but Zoom and Facebook ha have really double timed during the pandemic. But on top of that, we've realized how much more we can use it now. Um, it would have been different. Oh, 100%. Yes! So great and question. the masters are saying absolutely. He was there. That was, was no there. joke. Yeah, was absolutely. The, the painting. Okay, you're going to have to let me know who 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 this person was that was painting. Who he picture. was. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to tune in for that one another time. But incredible question. I love that. I do too. I, you know, that's that's what I call thinking outside the box or thinking on a unicorn. So, final thoughts. Give me some final thoughts for this week, D. You know, it goes back to, I feel like I say this every week, but the truth of the matter is you get, you got to do your work. You, you gotta, you gotta deep dive. I think you said deep dive. I think that's a perfect analogy. You really have to go find that stuff and dig it up, dig it up and let it go. My final thought for this week, this is a journey. Uh, I look at life as a play and the, the stage is earth. And, you know, with that, the answers are what you go seek and find. And 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 the the funny thing is, D, that so many people think that they've got to walk, you know, all the way across different continents to find the answer when the answer is inside of them. If you just would have gotten quiet enough, if you just would have gone inside and gotten those information and asked those questions, your answers would have come. And saved yourself a whole lot in airfare and hotel. <laughs> just saying. Or new tires. I mean, however. Or new you look tires. At it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Had to bring that up. Oh, another yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, D is a bad driver. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know if we'd say bad driver. I just no, I'm bad. I'd yeah, say lead, lead, lead foot. Mm. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm going with bad. My perspective says I'm a horrible driver. So the long skinny on the right, that's the gas. And the, right. the rectangular skinnier one on the left, that's going to be your, your brake. But if you're my passenger, your imaginary ones are right there too. Ah, okay. Nah. <laughs> and I've said, beautiful, beautiful. Well... Just remember, folks, um, to borrow the phrase from Dr. Joe Dispenza, you are the placebo. You are the one who heals the mind, which transforms the body. Thank you for tuning in this week on Conscious Revolution podcast. Remember, if you'd like to send us an Instagram or a tweet, uh, direct message in either or, we are at Conscious Rev 7. That's at C O N. S-C-I-O-U-S-R-E-V-7. Thank you. Love and light to all. Love each other. Love yourself. See you next week. Yes! Welcome to Conscious Revolution. 